Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 4, studying again the subject of growing up spiritually. It didn't take us but about one service to teach on the babyhood state. People come into the body of Christ, get born again, just like a, just like a child being born into a family. And they're babies. You know, they need to be taken care of. They need to be ministered to. They need to, uh, they're dependent. And uh, they make messes, amen. And then we clean them up. But now this will be actually our third service to study the childhood state. And I believe the reason is because many people stay in that state their whole Christian life. In that childhood state. But that's not the will of God. It's the will of God for you to mature and to grow up. Look at your neighbor say grow up. <laughs> Amen. And secondly, now listen, this is, this is something I, I've uh, found in prayer and really felt impressed upon me because when all this happened, I started immediately to seek God and to pray about, okay, Lord, you know, this is, this is the whole uh, paradigm of, of life on planet Earth has changed. And it doesn't look, we're gonna go back, look like we're going to go back to any kind of, quote, normal. It looks like life is going to continue in this, in this changing environment for probably the rest of our lives until Jesus comes back. Then that's the big change. Amen. And so the Lord spoke to me. He said, I want to give you two, two series. I want you on Sunday morning to teach on growing up spiritually. And I want you to teach on Wednesday night on Sign of the Times. Have you been listening to that? Isn't that powerful? Yes, Figuring out when we're living. I tell you, this is, this is an incredible day to be alive. But the teaching on growing up spiritually for a purpose. I believe God desires to accelerate the growth of anyone who is willing to submit themselves to the teaching and training of the Word of God. Amen? I mean, I want to grow spiritually. I want to grow up more in the things of God. I want to see increase in blessing in people's lives. But much of it is dependent upon your willingness to grow. And I believe that God is going to accelerate that process in the days, weeks, and months ahead because there are some things we desperately need to grow up into in order to see the will of God fulfilled in our lives personally and as a church. So that's why we're teaching on these things. Amen? So here in, here in, uh, we're in chapter 4, it's kind of been our jumping off place. Let's begin there in verse, uh, verse 10. He that descended is the same also that ascended up above all heavens that he might fill all things. Everybody say all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Now notice this. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, Till we all come into the unity of faith. Now of the faith. Notice it doesn't say the unity of the doctrine. It says the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. A better translation for the word perfect is the word mature. Or to a mature man. How many want to be mature? Grow up in the things of God. And a, and a mature man. Let me find it here. Unto a perfect or mature man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that henceforth 
that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine and the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby in they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up. Everybody say grow up. May grow up. Everybody say grow up. But now notice this, may grow up, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So this is the will of God for us to grow up. Grow up into our sanctification, grow up into our righteousness, grow up into healing, grow up. In, I've always said this, I said there's no problem in your life you can't outgrow. I Even physical problems. Situations in your life. You can outgrow them. Amen? You can outgrow poverty. You can outgrow depression. You can outgrow addictions. No matter what it is in your life. Thank God for the instantaneous manifestation of the Spirit when people are delivered out of things. But 99% of the things in life, you're not going to get delivered out of. You're going to get delivered through it. Which means you're going to grow up. You're going to just grow out of it. In Jesus' name. Amen? Now, we looked at some things. Childhood state. Number one, unreliability. You know, when children many times are unreliable. They're curious, talkative, easily discouraged. Now, this week I'm going to touch on a subject that may help you. And really, this condition or this attitude is something that we get into many times when we're growing up beyond the childhood state and kind of entering into some maturity, or maybe even entering into some, some adolescent-type thinking when it comes to the, to the things of God. And that is this, growing up out of indecision that's based upon fear. Now, indecision is something the enemy uses against God's people. How many know what indecision is? It is the inability to make a decision. And many times the indecision, it really, it's not the indecision, well, I get up in the morning, I'm so confused on what to wear. You shouldn't be like that. I'm so confused on, on, you know, how to go to work. No, no, those things, you look, work those out yourself. We're talking about the indecision that the demand of the Word of God, that it puts on you when it comes to obedience. Should I do this? Should I not do this? I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. I've seen people for years, many times, when it comes to the will of God, miss the timing, timing of God because of indecision. We don't want you like that. Especially when timing comes to your needs of being blessed financially, of, of having healing manifest in your body, of, of implementing an idea. God will give you an idea, give you a dream, give you an insight. But there's timing in that, and you've got to make decisions based on faith. Let me say this. This, 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 may, this may not be a big amen, it may be an oh me. But many of the decisions that I had to make in my life in obedience to the Word of God, I did not feel like doing it. I mean, it's just the truth. I mean, if you wait to the point where everything is okay, and you, th I think I, now I feel like obeying God, you'll never get there. Much of the demand that God puts on your life, you have to make a decision whether you feel like it or not. Let me try that one again. <laughs> whether you feel like it or not. You know, let, let me give you a little illustration. I have, to, I have to, you know, this is where I live. Maybe not you, but this is where I live. I, I like to duck hunt. But my biggest problem with duck hunting is I have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now that cuts the crowd down pretty good. 
You know, a couple of guys, they like to go one or two times a year, but most people don't like to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Amen. I have to be on the 3.30 ferry, and, you know, we've left many of people, you know, at the donut shop because they didn't show up on time, so we just went on and went. Now, I've never got up at 3 o'clock in the morning and felt like this. Man, I want to go hunting today. I've never felt like that. I've got up early in the morning, 3 o'clock, and thought, what am I doing? I'm getting out of a warm bed, amen, with a loving wife. It's 3 in the morning. I'm, I'm, I'm real asleep. You've been real asleep. You know, when the alarm clock goes off several times and finally it goes, wake up, you know. <laughs> and I get up and, you know, you kind of drag out of bed. And then you hear that north wind going, and you hear the rain hitting the window. You're thinking, what in the world am I doing? Amen? But then as the day goes on, you know, and you end up and you put the hunters in the blind and you get there, and that first group of birds that comes and starts doing this, you're glad you didn't let indecision stop you from going duck hunting. Amen? Now many times that's the way it is in the Spirit. You get up out of a, whatever it is, you get revelation from the Word and you think, I'm going to do it, bless God, but you're kind of like, I don't know. Oh, and then here comes the enemy. And many times, the basis of that indecision is fear. And the enemy will get in your mind. Listen, let me, let me just, just take a little rabbit trail just for a moment. When the enemy is strongly attacking your mind over an act of obedience in your life, you ought to ask yourself why. Now let me say that again. And that's on every level. On every level of your life. If the enemy is coming into your mind... Thought after thought after thought, that's not going to work. That's not God. You're not going to be blessed. You're going to make a mistake. Everybody's going to think you're a fool. What are you doing? You ought to ask yourself, now why is the devil communicating to me so much on this level of what God has spoken into my heart? He's trying to get you into fear so that you make a choice to be indecisive. You regress, you step back into a childhood state. Remember when you were a kid growing up, how you were, you know, always indecisive about things. Amen? Every morning when I got up, I was very indecisive about going to school. <laughs> then I began to weigh the options of punishment. Amen? Restrictions, all the things that could happen to me. But there were a few times where I overrode indecision, amen, and didn't go to school and got in all kinds of trouble. Amen. But so most of the times I erred the right way and went to school. But there's so much in life, especially in your faith, in the will of God for your life, in all that that God wants to do, you've got to come to the place where you're able to overcome that fear, rise up above indecision, and make the decision to obey God. Now listen, one of the things that helped me was just courage in knowing that if I make a mistake, if I make a mistake, but I have the right heart, God is going to bail me out and He's done it every time. Because you know, the number one thing that God tries to tell you, I mean the devil tries to tell you when God speaks to you is that God didn't speak to you. You're crazy. God didn't speak to you. You, you, know, you, had, a, you had a bad dream. You ate too many you know, two for a dollar tacos at Taco Bell or the... Or the taco truck that's parked out there on Broadway. Amen. <laughs> they might not be in business anymore. I don't know. 
But you've got to make a decision. If God speaks to me, I'm going to obey. That indecision can rob you. I've watched it in ministries. I've seen it in churches. I've seen it in business where people were just so undecided. And instead of settling the indecision issue, they were trying to figure out what to do. No, you have to settle the indecision issue before you can figure out what to do. Kind of getting the cart before the horse. You know, going around your elbow to get to your ear. There's a better way. Everybody say a better way. Now go to James. How's my time? Oh, I'm doing so good. Look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let's read in verse 22. I'm going to come back and read this in the Amplified too. It says, but be ye doers. Everybody say doers. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man, beholding his natural face in a glass or in a mirror. It says, For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, or the word of God, and continueth therein. There's your key. You say, what do you mean? Say, well, I, I, I read my Bible on Sunday. You need to read it. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Have it taught to you on Sunday and Wednesday night. You need to study the Word. You need to read the Word. You need to meditate on the Word. You need to memorize the Word. You need to saturate yourself with the Word of God so that when you have conscious thought, conscious thought is not your own, conscious thought is the Word. It takes time, but if you get after it, it'll happen. Amen? So this is what it's talking about. You've got to continue. Everybody say, continueth. Oh, you can say it better than that. Oh, say it one more time. Now, continue with therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man, this woman, this family, this church shall be blessed in his deed. We want to be blessed. Now, we know the Bible says, Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, let me say this. When it comes to coming out of that childhood state of spiritual growth and development, you've got to allow yourself not just to be taught the Word of God, but you have to learn to be trained in the Word of God. Let me try that again. Not just to be taught it, but to be trained. Listen, many of the great men of God of the, of the past generation, uh, I, was, I was just blessed to be around them. And they're not only their teaching, not only did their teaching teach me, teach me, but I watched them. I watched how they ministered in the pulpit. I watched how they prayed for people. I watched their lives in the green rooms. I watched their lives when I had to take them to the airport or pick them up or, or be around them in any way. I watched them because in watching them, now listen to me closely, I wanted to emulate or imitate that which was righteous holy and working in them. You say, well, I'm, I'm my own person. I don't want to any, imitate anybody. Who do you think the disciples were imitating? Amen. They were imitating Jesus. And it's not the individual person that I was looking at. I was looking at Christ in them. Amen. And when I could see Christ in them, that Christ in them not just taught me, it trained me in my behavior. I'll never forget walking into a hotel 
ballroom in Dallas, Texas. I was flying back from Europe, had a three-hour layover. I knew there was a nice restaurant there. I walked through the lobby, and there sat one of the most premier evangelists in the world. His name was T.L. Osborne. His wife, Daisy, was still alive. So T.L. and Daisy were sitting right there, Osborne. And I'm like, wow. Now, I had met them on two different occasions. Once up at Living Stones Church, where Brother uh, Al Jandel was pastor, and once up at Lakewood Church, when uh, uh, Pastor John Osteen was pastoring. So I walked in, and I said, Brother Osborne, hi, my name is Rusty Martin. I said, uh, you may not remember me. I met you at Brother Osteen's. I said, but, you know, I was around you a couple of times, but I never had any opportunity to ask you to pray for me. So I was observing how he was going to act. I was observing... His response. Now, I, I tell you, there's some preachers you do that too, and they go have their bodyguards move you away. It's just the way it is. Amen? But you know, I saw so much of Jesus in Brother Osborne. In his meetings, when I was around him, there was so much of the nature of Christ that his life taught me. You know what he did? He smiled this big smile, and he stood up. He's about, what would you say, six foot one, six foot two. He's taller than I am. And he grabbed me like this and pulled me into a bear hug. I mean, he was squeezing me. Then he started walking forward, so I'm walking backwards. And he starts praying, Heavenly Father, I pray for Rusty. I pray that you open the doors of the nation. I pray that you demonstrate your power. I pray, Heavenly Father, that every need he has. And he did that for 20 minutes. Then he let go of me. And I just kind of floated off. <laughs> but it trained me. How say, how did it train? Number one, it trained me that the nature of Christ in us is always available. Always available. To be used, to bless, to cause men and women to, uh, to receive from God. We ought to always be available like that. But see, there was not just, I've listened to his teaching, I've seen his pulpit manner, but all of a sudden, that training of his attitude toward me is just some little old preacher that came in there. Listen, he was willing to give his time. I found out later, there was a limousine sitting right out there. They were fixing to get up and go to the limousine when I walked in. Benny Hinn was sitting in the limousine. They were going to the grand opening of TBN's Dallas studio and I made them late. <laughs> Amen? That means what? God has time for you. Amen. He had time for me that day. He'll have time for you. So not only does the Word of God... Now listen, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word. But you've got to go beyond listening to the Word to hearing the Word. Because it's not till you hear the word that the choice of being a doer. Now, 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 let's go back. Let me show you something. It says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding himself in a, in a glass or in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself, goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, here's the deal, but a doer of the work. Everybody say a doer of the work. 
Now, that's not the work of vacuuming the floors. That's all well and good. That's part of cause of God's on people's life. This is talk about, talking about the work that faith demands. This is where the enemy wants to attack your immaturity, put fear in your life, and get you to a place of indecision. Amen? This is where he rises up. He's like, no, don't mess with your mind. Don't obey God. It's not going to work. That's a bunch of foolish. Listen, that's where God is wanting to bring you over into his supernatural blessings. That's where the enemy is trying to stop it because the enemy knows if he cannot stop it, then the glory of God is going to be revealed one more time. That's why he's fighting so hard. Now remember, I like it in the Amplified. It's okay reading the Amplified. It says, be ye doers of the word. Obey the message. Not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man or a woman who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law or the word of God, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and perseveres in looking into it, being not a, a heedless listener who forgets, now listen to this, but an active doer who obeys. There's your key. But an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in all his doing in this life of obedience. Now, I'll close with this. Growing up in God will be one demand after the next, after the next, after the next, as you grow and move down your path of righteousness from faith to faith and from victory to victory or from glory to glory. It's that simple. You're the one who uses your willpower to determine how, how far you're going with this thing. Say, so, well, you know, I, I wouldn't go to a church like that because, man, I tell you what, you could get so involved with God. Well, what, what, what does that mean? The Bible says Enoch walked with God and was no more. He just took off the planet. I like to be around people who like to be around God. I said, I like to be around people who like to be around God. And people who like to be around God are literally unrestrained from the demand that God puts on them. So as you listen to the Word, everybody say listen, you get to the place of hearing. <laughs> I've watched enough audiences over the years, large, small, doesn't matter to me. And you can tell, everybody starts out listening. And then people drift away. Now we got cell phones, we got iPads. And so now it used to be like that where people kind of drifted away. But now they, they all look down. And I know you're not reverencing the Lord. Amen. You're playing some game, you know, on your... Now, you can listen while you do that. Just like I have listened to my wife several times as she has instructed me to do something. I never knew marriage came with so much instruction. <laughs> Amen. 
And so, you know, she was one time saying, you know, take out the trash, take out the trash, take out the trash. Now, I was listening to her say that, but I was not hearing. And then finally she said to me, when are you going to take out this stinking trash? It stinks. That's when I heard it. <laughs> but I still didn't do anything. So about 10 minutes later, she comes over and grabs my ear and starts twisting it and says, when are you going to take out that trash? Now it was time to be a doer. <laughs> Amen. She had gotten my attention. Amen. And she had motivated me to be a doer. Now listen, you don't have to let your ear be twisted. Usually that's the way it is. It's when the circumstance, the situation, the problem, the disease, the poverty, whatever it is, you, you've been listening, listening, listening. Now you're starting to hear something and God says, okay, now time to act on the word. But then the circumstance comes over and starts twisting your ear. You say, what does that mean? That means you have to do it now. I'd rather do it as a choice than a demand. Amen. I mean, I've had God tell me, do it or forget it. And I've, I didn't want to get on the other side of forget it. I didn't, want to figure, I didn't want to know what forget it meant. The first time the Lord ever spoke to me to give a large offering, $10,000, I hesitated, 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 hesitated. Amen. Kept hesitating, kept hesitating. I was indecisive. I kept doing the math. It was one third of our budget. We had a $30,000 budget in our field ministry back then, $30,000 a month, amen. And I was, I was indecisive, hesitant, indecisive, hesitant. And so I was in a meeting. I was up preaching. We had done a Sunday morning. We had done a Sunday night. We were starting to have a glorious time. I'm up teaching on Monday morning. And the Lord says, do it now or forget it. And I didn't want to get on the forget it side. So I immediately see he's twisting my ear. Circumstance was twisted in my ear. I had to get up. I had to go. As soon as it was over, I said, Pastor, can I use your office? He said, yeah. So I went in. I called Leah. I said, make out this check. I told him who to send it to. And thank God the peace of God came into my spirit when I did that because I knew he'd been obedient. Now listen, in our lives of faith, and I, I don't want to dig into this too much because my time is up. There is a mirror that reflects to you the way God sees you. God doesn't see you a poor old sinner saved by grace. He sees you as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's, that's shouting room right there. Amen. He doesn't see you broke, barely getting along. He sees you uh, prosperous. He sees you, actually the Bible says that Jesus took our poverty so that we through him might be abundantly supplied. Amen. So he sees you blessed. He doesn't see you sick trying to get healed. He sees you the healed of God, taking the word of God and fighting off all the symptoms of any sickness or disease. There is an image of you in this word that you must see and embrace. But if you're just a listener and a hearer, the Bible says every time you turn away from the mirror, you're not going to remember who you were. So much gives us our identity. Amen. I mean, I ended up being a pasty white boy back in the day when I surfed a lot. We never had, we never used, uh, what is it, sunscreen? So in the spring, when the wetsuits came off, we'd be as red as a lobster. And then by the middle of the July, when, we, uh, when all our skin would peel off three or four times, amen, 
you know, we'd turn a little bit brown, our hair would turn white, and then fall we would change back. So there are physical characteristics that give you an identity. Amen. And so you look into the mirror and you see, say, you, say you're one of these handsome African, one of these beautiful African women. You've got that beautiful skin and you look in there and you turn around and you walk away from the mirror and you, you wonder, what do I look like? What color my skin is? Now you would think, that's stupid. Because why? Because it's part of my identity. That's my identity. That's how I look. That's who I am. But now you've got a greater identity than skin color. A greater identity than geographical location. A greater identity than any physical trait passed down to you from your mother or father. You look like Christ. You are in Him. He is the vine, you are the branches. You're the part that produces the fruit of who He is. So if you will look into the Word of God, see yourself in Christ, keep that image continually flowing into your mind into your information gates, into your eyes, into your ears, into your eyes. It is God reaffirming over and over and over who you are now. Not who you were born on the planet to be, but who you were born again to be. And in the mix of that, in the midst of that, Satan wants you indecisive. Questioning your identity. The very thing he did to Jesus. If thou be the Son of God, that was his identity. If thou be the Son of God, if thou be the Son of God, thank God Jesus knew to do what? To use the it is written of the word to establish I am the Son of God. I am the Son of God. I am the Son of God. And then all of a sudden, He came out of that wilderness in the power of the Spirit. The same thing's true of each and every one of us. If you've got a decision to make in your life, something spiritual that God is dealing with you about, and you're in the place of indecision, it may be that you have revelation in your heart. It may be that God has given you faith. But it's not until you become a doer, till you make a decision... I'm going to get rid of all this indecisive garbage, this fear that's trying to cause me to be indecisive, and I am going to act on the Word of God. You say, what if I make a mistake? Just like I said earlier, keep your heart right. God is quick to restore, and God is quick to bless. Amen. Did you get something out of that? Hallelujah. Well, stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name. Let me just say something for I know a lot of people live stream us and watch our service and you know, there's several that are here this morning. We're just going to do it this way. I'm going to invite anybody that needs to, wants to, to pray a prayer with me and with Island Church. Maybe you're here in the auditorium. Maybe you're watching live stream today. But it is imperative that you obey the Word of God and make Jesus your Lord and Savior through what the Bible calls being born again. You say, I do not understand that. It's literally your first birth puts you in the human family. Being born again puts you into God's family. Maybe you've never done it. It's so simple. It's so easy. All you have to do is believe that there is a God, that He sent His Son Jesus, that He raised Him from the dead, and that now He's seated at the right hand of the Father, victorious, victorious, 
over death, hell, and the grave. You had a father who is the origin of your birth. He is the identity of the blood that flows in your veins. It may be your natural father, back to your grandfather, back to your great-grandfather, back to your great-great-grandfather, but it goes all the way back to the first father of creation, who is Adam. And Adam sinned against God. And the human family became separated from God. And we needed a new Adam. And God sent His only begotten Son, made in the likeness of men, suffered the hideous death on the cross, and rose from the dead. So that by faith, those born into Adam's family can come into God's family. Secondly, you may be a believer. Maybe you made a profession of faith at one time. But you're not living right. You're not doing right. You need to get right with God. You need to restore your fellowship. So I'm going to pray. And anybody here in the auditorium, anybody on the internet that needs to pray this prayer, pray it and settle things with God this morning. Amen. Church, you're going to help me do it? Here we go, out loud. Heavenly Father, right now, openly, obediently, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, God. You sent your Son, Jesus, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead. He did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, areas of my life that do not please you, I ask your forgiveness. Thank you, Father, that the blood of your Son, Jesus, cleanses me from all sin, all unrighteousness, and restores my fellowship. I am right with God. I will stay right with God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a shout this morning. Hallelujah. Now we want everyone to have a safe weekend and be blessed. Don't forget Wednesday night prayer at 6.30. Had a great crowd on Saturday night for prayer. So important that we pray during this season. We do not want to miss anything that God is doing. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Let your blessing be upon all that's here, all of the families, all of the individuals. We say be blessed, be blessed, be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for our protection and our safety. We claim no evil but falls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. So Father, as we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that we are protected and kept safe. Thank you, Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands as we return to our jobs and our work. We thank you, no trauma, no terror, no evil plans of wicked men, nor this virus can come near us or come upon us. We stand resistant against anything of the world, flesh, flesh and devil, and declare our victory in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the door of utterance. Let a fire of evangelism burn in our spirits. Let us be an answer to the prayers of the weak, the suffering, the fearful, and the lost. Let us be a problem to the devil. We are that which withholds in this generation. And let us be a miracle in someone's life. Father, we thank you for it. Today we leave walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Father. 
We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you have called us to be. Thanking you here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.